Welcome to the Small Scale Life Podcast. I'm your host, Tom. This is Season 1, Episode 16, and this is Part 2 of my interview with Khalid Majauji, otherwise known as the Plant Charmer, on Instagram. Khalid developed a unique vertical gardening method using rain gutters, and he currently is operating his own urban farm called Ingenious Farms in Montreal, Canada. In this episode, we'll discuss the following topics. His current property, vertical gardening system, and focus on his 400 plant berry fence, soil and amendments used in the vertical garden, selling products, expansion and vision for larger ingenious farms operations, and Instagram tips. Khalid continues to raise funds for his farm expansion on GoFundMe, and I would like to encourage everyone to follow the links in the show notes to go to his page and look at the overall project. In two months, he's raised almost half the total project cost. In addition, a little over a week ago, he secured use of a 10-acre plot, and that will be the new home of Ingenious Farms. It's about 10 minutes from his house, so way to go, Khalid. We're pretty excited about that. Khalid has also launched the Ingenious Farms School of Urban Agriculture on Teachable.com. I have a link in the show notes as well. He's released his vertical strawberry course for free, so check that out. Looking at the course modules, he walks you through the vertical gardening system and all the elements you need to start growing strawberries. I appreciate talking with Khalid, and I wish him the best on developing his vertical farm. We hope to check in with Khalid in the near future to see how he's doing with Ingenious Farm. Before we get started with the podcast today, I'd like to talk about Friends of the Small Scale Life podcast. Do you want to share your gardening story and experiences? Do you have questions about plants, blight, or critters? Do you want to join a fun community online? You should join us at the Small Scale Gardening Facebook group. I created this group in April of 2015 so that people could share their gardening and harvest preservation stories. Our group has everything from container gardeners to homesteaders to urban farmers. Stop by and take a look around and share your story. Continue to learn, do, and grow on the Small Scale Gardening Facebook group. Friend number two of the Small Scale Life podcast is Drew Sample and Scott Hebert at thesamplehour.com. Drew and Scott's weekly podcast is all about the successes and failures with their urban farming operations in Canada and Ohio. Their podcast is called Failing Forward, the Profitable Urban Farming Podcast. They discuss what they have completed, what is and isn't working, and what they plan to accomplish over the following week on their urban farms. They talk, they laugh, they sing, and they take their shirts off, whatever they need to do to fail forward and win at life. Our friend Jason Dolan is telling his story as he transitions from an urban-suburban life to starting a homestead in the country. He's doing this on his blog, condo-to-compound.blogspot.com. In this blog, Jason is taking us on his journey through his thoughts, ideas, plans, and actions. We'll see and learn firsthand as he shares his progress, successes, and failures. So if you're thinking about moving out to the city and starting your own rural home or homestead, check out Jason's story at condo2compound.blogspot.com. Now, without further delay, here is the Small Scale Life Podcast. So you don't have a huge farm, so we'll we'll dovetail into where we were going. I was really curious about the property that you're you're on right now. You've had it for a while. Um, how big is it? And and my other question, you saw that before, was 
what do the neighbors say? Do they complain? They're like, oh my god, look at that stuff back there. It's an eyesore. My property values, blah, blah, blah. I mean, well, how are you doing with that? That's like such a classic question. Uh, and you know what? When I first started, it was a question I asked myself before getting that question asked, you know, before anyone asked it to me. Uh, but uh, so the property I'm on is a duplex. Yep. So oh, wow. it's, it's a two flat. Well, we have two flats. I have the large one downstairs. Uh, just a little quick history of this place. My parents bought that place back in 1988. So, uh, now they're retired. So I bought it back from them, uh, about eight years or so ago. And, uh, and that's it. I just wanted to have, you know, because I grew up here and all that. So it's like my neighborhood or, and I like the place. It's, it's quite roomy and all that. So uh-huh. I figured in the garden. So I bought it. And then, uh, the property itself is actually a, a little less than 5,000 square foot lot. Uh, if you remove the building, you have about 2,000 or so square foot left uh, in really irregular parcels. Like, I have this crazy slope in my backyard. You know what my frames are? Yep, it's I like, told, I've noticed that. Slope <laughs> there, yeah. So not much is going to grow. In it. It's pretty much of a pain, you know. Yep. But, but again, you know, you count your blessings and you figure, you know, I don't have a balcony at least or I have yep. a bit more space. Or So that's it. The property is there. Where the part that I farm is I have two large grow beds at the front, which you probably see pictures of. I have broccoli there recently carrots beets and all that so sure. uh, i have okra there right now as well so that's at the front then you're making your way to the back left side there's that dairy fence which i keep hashtag everywhere and it's like my best achievement in a long time so oh yeah that is so cool if you guys go on the plant charmer on instagram you'll see the berry fence and i'll put a i'll put a picture in the post when i put it up cool. Oh, it is amazing it's what five levels five levels right and it's just stacked it's amazing Oh yeah, it's uh. So you go there. So on the left side, you have these uh these 400 strawberry plants, pretty much. It's 20 gutters with 20 berry, 20 plants uh, a piece. Uh, on the right side, there's our mint beds. It's regular uh, regular grow beds. So mm-hmm. uh, we figured we have like a large, you know, a large corridor to pass. So we kind of narrowed the corridor because here plants pass before humans. So <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's right. That's my only right. So we kind of narrowed. The, well, I'm a skinny guy. My girlfriend's not very big, also. So we kind of narrowed the passage. We kind of widened that that hedge that was on the side, and we kind of amended it a bit, turned it into a mint bed. So. Uh, as you wait, make your way to the backyard, like right after that, there's my deck and all that. That's like my little place where I start my seedlings. Yep. Uh, I watch the videos, yep. <laughs> you know, that little comfy, you know, get your coffee in the morning. It's quite pleasant, actually, to watch the flowers. Uh, and then you go down there, and that's it. On the left side, I have uh, three raspberry bushes, two I just put in. There's a large one down there. Uh, grape vines I have, and then the frames start. So I have, like, all the frames. That's all down that, that little, little slope there. Uh, and that's it. Up that hill on the right side of my deck, there's a bunch of beds there, which I've grew up. I've um, built through two years ago, three years ago, for extra capacity. Uh, I have another vertical trellis there. Pretty much every one of my fences is vertical trellises, as you can probably imagine. So, and, uh, I think, and I think that's the real eye-opening thing for me was use the fence. Use the stuff you've got, man. You've got fence there. You can attach uh, that and grow, and, and that was that was really inspirational for me, anyway. And, I, it, and I'm not using it because I'm a runner, but man, I've got I've got fencing all the way around this yard. If I, if I owned it, I would farm it. You know. Are you they own your own place, man. You know the you know the, how to do it already. But like you said, that's the key element. What you mentioned is use what you have. You know, when I told you I go to I go to um, Home Depot and I try to find you know bits and pieces which have nothing to do with gardening, it's kind of part of that. Of course I need you know to do it on a commercial level. Sometimes I cannot find what I need here. But I try to substitute. I try to be creative. Yep. I try to 
I try to put the value in the idea and not in the hardware because you can throw unlimited amounts of money at any problem and you're going to fix it eventually. Yes. But the problem is it's not, if it's not sustainable financially, then have you really fixed it? Do you know what I mean? Like if yep. you have a solution, but we cannot use it, yep. it's just as good as not having it for me. So, uh, so that's pretty much the reason why I figured the fences are there. And it's awesome. It allowed me to test also a second system where, sure. you know, like the frames have this gradient to them, yep. which helps also performance it's quite uh quite uh, precisely calculated but i figured you know what if you just have your fence you want to get a bunch of zip ties uh you want to spend 275 dollars and you want to grow three grand worth of berries every season oh yeah that's how you that's so, that's uh, a good return on investment right there and they yeah, do you won't do it on the stock market nowadays i'll tell you that much <laughs> <laughs> so do the neighbors ever complain i mean seriously they're they're like oh look at that it's got all this stuff growing right, back and there. i think they were like like stunned a little okay because they didn't really understand what i was doing they were like did you just you know go crazy or what happened because i've lived here a long time they've known me since i was a child and oh, a boy okay. and all that all of them because some of them rent and all that but a few of them so uh but they didn't really say some of them asked i told them and they just kind of let it happen they were kind of curious and then just let it I, <laughs> in a way and but the thing is look when you put together a system like that and a part of the of my system i don't want to speak like this you know my system is this and it's yes. so great because of that but really i mean it's one of the true benefits we have as well is that we really work on a system that you could do in the city uh I don't know what you've been fertilizing with but if you fertilize with the chicken manure pellets the ones that i do get here and i'm pretty sure it's the same for every brand once they're dried out like this you mix them out in your uh, in your uh, whatever your growing medium and your water, it doesn't smell much, if you've noticed. Yeah. There's almost no smell. And that was a big component of it. What I'm trying to say is that you are not in a farm in, in rural America here. Yes. So you cannot have you know the cow manure smell right. floating around. People will complain if you do that. So we kind of you know, decided we're going to keep the property clean and nice. We're going to plant some nice flowers, which have dual purpose you know, for the bees, for the beauty, yep. uh, for the variety as well. And we figured we're going to keep it nice and trimmed and you know, keep the – even the, the – we don't. I don't really have a lawn here. It's like the remnants of a lawn that was there <laughs> time ago, and it just gets trimmed back all the time. They're called pathways, really, right? <laughs> is that, yeah. Well, that's it. It's really just weeds that I, I trim back because I don't want them to flower. Right. So I'm trying to kind of like you know ease the seed load of the weeds on the property, but I don't really. I'm not really you know really uh you know tight on that, or I don't really follow the schedule as I should. But anyway, all this to say that if you actually consider your neighbors when you do it, if you bring more value to the neighborhood than before you did that, they will accept it. Right. So you always have the oddball, you know, the person who just doesn't want any advancement in society. Yes. Uh, there's this odd lady. She passed in front of She's the only person who said something negative about what I do. I don't even know where she lives. She's not my neighbor. But she's, like, wearing, like, this fur coat and this, like, uh, this winter hat and these sunglasses in the middle of July. Well, that's weird. She's, yeah, she's a little like that. Yeah, and she stops. She just starts staring me down in the middle of, like, the mm-hmm. day when I'm watering. And at a point, I'm like, hi, can I help you? And she started like ranting about how I was selling this stuff and it was pumped full of oil because of the cars that were passing. Like the food she buys at the grocery store did not come in the truck, right? <laughs> so, so I'm just standing there and I'm like, what should I do? And at the point I said, you know what, man? I think this conversation is over. Yeah. So if you, you didn't want, say, again, do you want a cucumber or something? Or <laughs> You want to try it? Try something. <laughs> <laughs> she just walked away. But I mean, yeah, that's it. If you take care of your neighbors, yeah. uh, and there's always the bribe, okay? The bribe of food. Let's be honest. When you have, everybody knows garden food, is it's renowned for being good quality. Oh, food. absolutely. Best tasting stuff around. You bet. Oh, yeah. 
people, you know, backyard gardeners or backyard food growers are not known for the yields or the productivity levels they have. So even if you know someone who doesn't grow the same amount as me and he comes to you with a tomato he grew, he's grown himself, if it looks good, you're going to be you're going to be sure it's good and it, it will be good. The real problem gardeners have is productivity. But in terms of what I'm saying is that when you go to your neighbor with some homegrown stuff, it's pretty much buying them out with, you know, good food. If you come to me with a basket of food like that, maybe I'll just be more inclined to listen to you or and it's part of them, you know, enduring the aggravation of, you know, having this this watering all the time and, and having something unconventional. Yes. Uh, so it kind of, you know, it's kind of returning the, the elevator or or uh, and that's it. So they yep. get to sit and they get to understand also why we do this, like the value of it. Why do we put so much effort in doing this? As right. opposed to everyone else, because it has value. So they get to discover that, uh, you know, my neighbor has kids and it's so cute. You know, his daughter, she keeps asking for strawberries oh, and sure. it's, it's just so pretty, you know, like this is life pretty much. And he looks at that and how can he say something against it? They come well, from my back. And, and I think a lot of them, they think it's kind of cool. I mean, you are doing something back there that no one else is doing. And I, I get the same reaction from the neighbors mm-hmm. around here that at least that's what they say to my face anyway. It's like, wow, you got your own little world back there. And I can't oh, believe it. definitely. Stuff in the way they may not fully understand how it works or but they see there's something going on and you know when i'm watering in front it's crazy man i get these people honking all the time and they're screaming through the car windows and all that and they're honking like crazy and this guy almost had an accident the other day because he was trying to see what i was doing and it's so people are truly interested you know we're all affected by food i think food is what brings us all together as well in terms of uh you know when we uh, in all civilizations and societies, food was always a struggle, you know, to grow, to gather. So people had to collaborate and cooperate. And so it's such a large catalyst for so many things in society. Uh, everyone loves good food. So there's always an angle to play. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I was telling you, like, I put the sign out there and I started getting customers overnight. And uh, actually, the situation as of today, right now, I'm speaking to you, or what, the 6th of August, 2017, yeah, out on a stretch of about. 400 feet or 500 feet on my boulevard here, I would confidently say that 75% of the people are my clients. Wow. 75%, that's pretty good market penetration, I think. That's very all good market. The fact that I come up to them with a bucket of strawberries and I tell them that's one pound, okay? <laughs> and they, they tell me, okay, they look awesome, they look luscious, they're ruby red, you know, yeah. they look sweet. So they think I'm going to try to bleed them dry, right? So they're like, okay, how much do you want? Now you've made your sales pitch, what's the price? I'm ready for death. And then I just tell them it's three dollars fifty, and they're like, "What? It's the price of like conventional strawberries." And yeah. you know they grew like, like, "Yeah," and I tell them, and they tell me sometimes the, the most the common reaction actually I get when people come and get their veggies here is, "Khaled, how much do I owe you?" And I'm like, I start counting. I'm like, uh, twenty bucks." And they're like, "No, come on, stop it, man!" You're like, you know, I want to pay a fair price for my stuff. And I'm like, "It's fair price, man. I'll show you my P and L if you want. It is fair price. <laughs> I didn't put." The only difference is I can't make millions of dollars here because of the size of the land. Right. But I want to charge a price that reflects the labor. Uh, and this is the, the, the whole powerful aspect of what I do is act, um, giving uh, access in an affordable way to this whole uh, elitist perceived uh, food, you know, organic food industry or vibe or trend we have right now where people will just not even enter an organic food market, for example, because they're just so turned off by the pricing schemes and the oh, pricing yeah. structure. And they're, you know, you know what? I've never grown conventionally organically, like organic farmers do, like in the ground. I've never done that. But I know it's very labor intensive. 
so I don't blame them for charging what they charge. Sure. But I don't blame the consumer either because he's also squeezed. So what oh, yeah. gives? The solution. Do you know what I mean? I, I like, absolutely because we, do. Like, poor people are not going to have access. That's crazy. We cannot say that. So where we are in 2000, 2016, my friend, we can do technology and going on planets that we never even knew existed 100 years ago. But yet we cannot. You know what? Like I think we can do that. So that's the whole idea behind it. So we just, you know, we capture the market that way. We just come and we have the lowest price and the highest quality. How can you refuse this? It's like if I come to see you, it's to tell you, Tom, I'm going to sell you this nice, nice brand new Mercedes, but I'm going to charge you the price of a Volkswagen for it. Will you say no? Just <laughs> just turn around and sell it if you're smart and make you know a little bit of cash on that. Exactly. Exactly. Value is there. It's it's built in. It's guaranteed, and I stand behind it with my name. And as you can see, you know. Uh, and the people who are going to listen to this, I'm going to put this up also on Instagram. So the people who are going to listen to this will hear me for the first time in a context other than, you know, teaching or, right, or right. Teaching. I think people are going to, I think the activist in me is going to come through in a way. Uh, and that's part of, you know, activism. It's just creating solutions. It's uh, building in the values so that whatever solution you're bringing, you're bringing to the people will actually stick. Not only that, but will spread and people will want to do it. Well, and so I think it, I think the power of what you're doing—it's uh, doing. It's the doing. It's not just um, you know doing policy stuff or you know just a lot of slogans and words. You're doing stuff. You're doing the work, man. And you're you're growing stuff. You're you're feeding people, you know. And you're showing that this can work and it's a path forward. I think I think that's very powerful. And I think cool. you know yeah, for really for for the people you're serving to come and meet you and they know you and they've talked to you and they see it and they can taste it. And they're like, yeah, I agree with what that guy's doing right there. So I think that's, and that's a big just more powerful than anything else because yes. it, just, it just deconstructs all these built in ideas. You know, when I get these, you always get that person who's going to throw you a curveball. Oh, right? yeah. yeah. But like that guy I told you today on Instagram, he was like, yeah, but what tells us that, you know, you're not going to take these massive amounts of funds and it's just not going to be another one of those failed hydroponic projects or, I know he meant one of those vertical farm or urban gardening or yep. farming or whatever. And I know where he's coming from with that because it's been uh, a lot of failure before. But it doesn't mean that because people did it that way before that you have to do it as well. Uh, and like you said, people, once they actually see it in real, I wish guys like him could see it in real. It's just I, I think the, conversa the conversation ends once you pass the, the fence to my backyard. I think the conversation is immediately terminated right there the doubt or you look at that and you haven't even counted how much there is oh yeah but oh that's a hell of a lot and it's <laughs> probably economically viable when you look at the density of it uh so the biggest you know like i don't believe in the organic label by the way yeah so i was threatened of a lawsuit last year i oh. did make the mistake of saying that my food was organic and i ah. assumed mistake. i'm going to be honest but, I mean, look, I'm trying to innovate. I'm struggling. I mean, if you want, we'll talk about the, the whole financial struggle that, that now I'm fine because now it's, you know, it's kind of the cake is taking. Uh, but, you know, to get there, it was such a struggle. And, uh, the biggest thing you can have going for yourself is this, this integrity that you yes. have as a person. So the organic label will allow you to spray pesticides if you're allowed, about to That's lose correct. your crops, for example. Yep. And most people don't know that, and organic farms hide that from their clients as well. Yes. So I don't think that's honest. And people are going to say I'm an extremist, but so be it. It's food, man. You cannot feed small babies poison. It's, there's no level of, of uh, 
how could I say this, of lie, which will be acceptable in this industry because it's just so critical. So just put it on the label. Tell people what they're really buying. Yeah. Instead of trying to enforce a monopoly and trying to threaten small guys like me who are trying to bring real solutions. So what I really believe in is is the integrity of the farmer. That's what I believe in. I think when you look at when you you see the look in my eyes when I'm telling you there are no chemicals, I can feel it over know. the mic right now, or over the headphones right now. <laughs> I'm a quite passionate person. I think it comes through. Oh, absolutely, man. It's good. That's good. I want people to see that because it's part of it. You know, you don't get anywhere, and you'll know, you won't achieve anything unless you have that passion because this is what keeps you going yes. when the when times are tough That's and when you, you know, when you start doubting yourself. There's this love for what you do that keeps you going. Uh, but that's it. It's the integrity of the farmer. It's, you know, anybody who's ever doubted, I tell you, you know what, man? My property is right there, okay? Yeah. Go around, you find one single bottle of any chemical, the keys and the deeds to the house are yours. <laughs> there you go. I promise you, man, it's worth quite a bit, a chunk of money. It's not a castle, but you know what? You, anyone would be happy to get this for free. So, uh, and that's it. That's my, that's how I, you know, that's how I present myself. And I tell them, I, I'm so into good food and mother nature. And making sure that uh, basically our environment keeps on thriving and fixing the issues of the past that not only do I not put these pesticides on, I don't even use the ones that are authorized. And even further than that, I'm pushing the research into making sure we can produce every crop we want without using this poison. Mm. So it's not only about lettuces or because a lot of vertical farms, by the way, are just on lettuce and greens and lettuce and greens. And people will say, what's the benefit of your system? Well, the benefit is we do it outdoors, number one. Uh, Number two, we don't do it hydroponically. A lot of people are not very comfortable with eating hydroponic food for a reason or another. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm not really comfortable with using these uh, water-soluble nutrients, which are really uh, held together. They're mined minerals, so they're natural, most of them. But they are bound together by chemicals, because otherwise they crystallize. And if you've been experiencing with that, if you've mix up two bottles which are not meant to be mixed up in that order, they will crystallize right there in your solution. So you know right away that it, it doesn't want to be liquid. Yeah, see, so, I, don't, uh, I don't do the aquaponics, hydroponic stuff. I mean, I've, I've got wicking beds, but that's different than, you know, mixing yeah. up stuff and piping it through and all that yeah. jazz. Me, I mean, people would tell me, Khaled, you know what, like, if you're looking for, for productivity or whatever, your hydroponic grows faster, this and that, but the reality on the terrain, when you're actually executing things, is that it's going to be a nightmare because you're going to need a separate reservoir with a separate nutrient solution for every profile that you have. That's true. That just shuts the door down to having the 75 crops or so that I have here, which, again, in turn shuts the door down to selling direct to the consumer, which just destroyed my entire model. Right, and it and it pumps up your cost for the all the infrastructure and the piping and the pumps and oh, that's it. Because when you're manufacturing fertilizer out of oil, by the way, which is what most fertilizers are, uh, the synthetic fertilizers. When you do that, well, I'm sort of affected by the you know the fluctuation of the price of oil. Oh yeah. So that's what I'm trying to get out of. I don't want to have to pay you know crazy amount of inputs uh, that are transformed oil pretty much, and then I'm just kind of a victim of the market. Uh, controlling your business, controlling your inputs is number one. Mm-hmm. Keep control of your business, whether you're doing that or something else, is key to success, in my opinion. So, and that's a big part of it. So, we don't want to use these things. Uh, so that's it. We just go with what's most, uh, what's most productive and uh, which costs, uh, which has lowest costs and produces the highest quality. Mm-hmm. So, in this case, it turned out to be uh, either Pro Mix that we use, like I've uh, 
we've probably discussed on Instagram before, but I use Promix, which is equal parts perlite, uh, vermiculite, and peat moss. So very porous, uh, but yet it retains moisture, uh, very, very good oxygen level for the root systems and all that. So it's really a great medium overall. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. But that lasts. We reuse it time after time after time, you know, because I get that question, mm-hmm. how many times do we use it? I reuse it until I physically cannot see it anymore because mm-hmm. it's physically disappeared so i don't know disintegrated but i top up when necessary but it never goes away in the trash uh and that's it we amended there we grow our stuff but our cost of production has always been kept low and that was a main focus from day one yeah. so at the end we can just pump out these crops which are top quality with very little labor involved so so with the gutters like at the end of the season you'll uh, you'll take the soil and you'll will you dump it in like a compost pile and kind of rework it and then we will rework it, but we will leave it in place because okay. again, moving soil is very, very energy cons- uh, intensive. Oh, it's heavy. So, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, it is. It is. It's a pain. And look, it's a real pain to actually do the initial setup in terms of doing the soil mixes and filling up the gutters and all that and install everything. But once it's there, you leave it there because uh, you can just grab. I don't know if you've probably seen it on Instagram at some point, or I'll post about it soon because it's going to be time for me to do that. But I have this little tool. I'm not even sure what it is for. I think it's like for pulling nails or something out of a out of wood planks or. But it's like a screwdriver handle, huh. so it has this fork at the at the um, at the, the the tip, and I'm just I just scratch the soil from you know, I go I just walk the entire length really. I can have four, five, or six gutters. I can have a sixty foot, you know, row, and I'm just gonna walk up the length. And pretty much, I'm I'm mimicking the action of a uh, of a disking attachment pretty oh, much. Okay. On a really small scale, if you will. So we just put a bit of uh, chicken manure there. We're just going to do two or three passes. And I can have two of these uh, tools, one in each hand. So I can do like two rows at, at the same time. And I just walk, pretty much. Huh. There's no resistance because, yeah, there's resistance from the roots a little bit. But, I mean, there's no resistance like you would have in the ground. Yeah. So yeah. having it in the cutter just removes all this heavy, heavy soil, which then negates the need for a tractor for tilling. Sure. Uh, so, uh, so that's pretty much how we turn them over. That saves us a lot of energy. So in the spring, whatever weeds come up, or you have once in a while, by the way, and you'll notice that in your system, yeah. the odd weed, you know, the wind's oh, going to yeah. bring a seed or it happens. You know, people tell me, yeah, there's not supposed to be any. What I'm really saying is there's 99.999. You can add a few nines less right. than if you were on the ground. So, oh, but yeah. I get the uh, clover that gets there once in a while. So we just clean that out quick, put, uh, you know, the chicken manure that we use, mix that in really thoroughly. Uh, and that's it. At that point, we've fluffed out the soil, we've mixed the fertilizer in, and we're ready for planting. And it's that simple. We just go there, and then we water it, we put the seeds in, we water, uh, we do what we do, and it just rises, and we just keep watering it. We fertilize it now because we have these tiny gutters. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. uh, we'll get larger one, ones later, and it's going to need less fertilizer, well, fertilizing less often. Uh, but that's it. It's really simple. And that's what I wanted. That's why I wanted it to be powerful like that in terms of you can do it at home uh, with uh, basic gardening skills. It's easy to understand. You know what gutters are. You know what growing medium or soil is. You know what zip ties are. Mm-hmm. Uh, mechanical motions. You know, mix the things together. Fill up the gutters. In a tote. So, yep. Fill it up. Yep. That's it. And then you re- what you really have created is a a flying garden row. Yeah. A fl- in garden row that's what you've done now do what you do in a garden row you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. that simple so anyone can do it anyone can understand it it can be replicated all over the world with minor tweaks uh because most of these hydroponic systems are or you know these commercial systems in general are either way too expensive yep. 
are way too complicated. Yes. Or have way too many moving parts, which oh, are yeah. prone to breakage, mm-hmm. uh, wear tear, engines, things that rotate for no reason. Yep. Uh, uh, so all of these things are unneeded and unnecessary. We've just stripped it down to the bare minimum. What is it that brings the dramatic results? We're keeping that everything else in the trash. Right. I mean, if you have a pipe, a pump breakdown or a, a pipe yeah. break, you're, you're toast. You got watery mess all over the place, you know? Oh yeah. yeah. That's, you know, we're away from your, I don't know. I'm away from home for a few or for eight or 10 hours and weather like today, where it was above a hundred degrees. Yeah. Uh, the pumps fail. What do you think happens? The plants are going to wilt in a jiffy, my friend. Oh, yeah, They're man. gone. Mm-hmm. They'll never recover that. So there's just, yeah, there's more performance. But you're going into, you're pushing the envelope too much if you want to do hydroponics in my system because I'm already pushing the envelope like crazy. Yes. So, you know what? Like when you stack risk upon risk upon risk, <laughs> uh, like, let us get that, that part right. I'm not discounting it. No, sorry. I'm discounting the hydroponics. I'm not discounting the liquid feed because I, I'm going to find a liquid version of that or uh, that chicken manure or something similar so I can pass it in the irrigation lines. And at that point, it's going to be completely automated. So you don't have to ever weed, you don't have to uh, deal with the bugs, you don't have to feed it, and you don't have to water it. Mm. So you just harvest it, plant it, harvest it, rinse and repeat. You don't have to bend over. Harvesting is faster than anything you've done in your life. So at and that point, you're not point, bending over, and you're standing straight up, and you can just or just crouch. Well, for the lower levels, you're yep. going to kind of maybe once in a while, but I mean, you don't get that back ache, and you know that you get when you actually like. Bending over for long periods, you know, like when you're picking beans or picking strawberries, and you're looking through the canopy, and uh, so that it's much, much more comfortable. Really, it is. Uh, I think if I, I tried to basically do it in a way that if I were to present that to someone who likes agriculture but does not know about the tough and and painful uh, aspect of it, and I presented them that, it would fit their image. It would fit the city boy or the city girl's image of you know cool farming, if you will. So the good start part of farming without the digging part and breaking your back. Uh, and everyone wants that. I think the, the elderly can use systems like this, uh, people who have small spaces, uh, and so on. So, yeah, it really saved us a lot in terms of efficiency. I can do so much more work in a day, Tom. I'm probably as efficient as seven or eight workers. Oh, yeah, oh, definitely. And I'm listening to my iPod and drinking a strawberry smoothie and, you know, <laughs> pounds by minute. Oh yeah, definitely. No, that sounds great. Now, now, what's growing well and what's not? I mean, you have some time to go a little longer, right? Or do you have to? I charge my battery in provision of this conversation, so okay. uh, we should be good for a little while longer. What's growing well? What's not growing well? And then we can get into expanding operations. I think that's yeah, absolutely. What's growing super well this year, as you've probably seen, is the strawberries. Oh yeah, it's because I put so much focus on them. Uh, because everyone keeps asking me, and it's like this like kind of elusive crop, right, where mm-hmm. nobody can get it. Or I'm not saying people can't get it, but it's always this problem where you have you know heavy losses yep. when they're not sprayed, and they're kind of difficult to understand. Are they day neutrals or June bearing and all that? So I figured, you know what, this year, since I'm actually on Instagram, people are showing interest. From the beginning, from the, from, uh, from the start, I'm going to show them from the day I receive them in the box. Uh, I go pick them up at the nursery to the day I plant them. I'm going to shoot videos. I'm going to show them how to do it. I'm going to demystify this whole strawberry thing. And I think I kind of got carried, you know, I carried uh, 
uh, it carried me a little too far, I think, and I got kind of overexcited. And, you know, I'm kind of, you know, it's it's gotten to me at some point. But, yeah, the strawberries are awesome this year. No, uh, and I've never grown them, so it was great for me because I had no idea about, you know, how you were doing that. I was like, wow, I, I'm learning a lot from you on, on that. Whole you had, so that was great. Yeah, I thought I liked it. Had grown them conventionally, and you would like it three times more because it's the most. The, you know what they say? They say that if you can grow strawberries right, you can grow any crop. Mm-hmm. So that's how difficult they are. So and since they're so sweet and so fragile, and they, you know, they 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 rot so quickly, oh, yeah. and there's so many things go wrong with them before you actually get to them. And when the few ones that survive, the birds are going to finish them off. Oh yeah. So uh, it's really, really difficult and elusive on that side. So people abandon them straight up because they figure I'm not going to get a crop if I try like I did the last three years so I might as well put uh, tomatoes in there yep. for example so uh, so that's it we really wanted to work on that because it's um, I think it's the uh, no is it the EWR there's an organization in the US they put out the dirty dozen list every year oh. you've probably heard of that dozen uh, most pesticide or contaminated vegetables and fruits and the one that always, always, always tops this list by far is strawberries. Yeah, so, it's uh, up there too. <laughs> it is up there as well. Yep. Like number three or four. But mm-hmm. all these things are really prone to being attacked by bugs sure. and are really not good at competing with weed because they lack the vigor of those weeds mm-hmm. are going to be susceptible because that's the way they control them. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's strawberries. And it's even worse because you know what? It's like a soft fruit. Like a, any berry, all the berries are like this except for blueberries. And they kind of absorb everything. They're like a sponge. Yes. So not only do they get it from the root system when you're spraying that, that poison, but they get it in the fruit. And forget about washing it. You cannot wash this stuff off. No, it's, it's in, part it's of the inside. flesh. It's part of the flesh, yeah. yeah. There's no removing it. Uh, and that's it. So now uh, if you actually go through Google News or probably if you look it up, I think it was last week or two or three weeks back, University of Florida got a grant of $2 million to try to figure out a way to produce strawberries without using chemicals. Mm. So these guys are still doing that research. Like, I'm like, hello? <laughs> like, I the solution, keep your $2 million bucks. But at a point, you know what? I think they want to do their own thing, and they want something they can patent. Yes. This is what they're really after. So I've sort of realized that a few years ago, and I've kind of disconnected from them. Mm. But it's really all this to tell you that it's a massive challenge. Even the, the industry right now has not found this solution yet. It's ridiculous because me and you are doing it. Right. But it's for them, it's like, no, they're going to come up probably with a molecule or something else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They a uh, companion plant that they can patent or invent or something like that. So, uh, so it's a very finicky crop, really prone to being destroyed by everything, very desirable for us, just like for insects or birds. So at that point, it becomes a real challenge to grow them and to grow them at volume sure. because uh, imagine you're growing them and selling them at $5 a pound, which seems expensive. But it, you know what? When you're losing like 40 or 50% of the berries, man, it takes a long time to walk and pick to get a pound. So really, you're looking at your field and you're not getting much out of it. Uh, so that's kind of like what it is. People don't have access to that fresh product. And uh, and I figured, you know what? Our technology does that very well. Right. So let's do it. Cool. So what's not – is there anything that's not growing well so far? Anything that's giving you trouble? This year, up in this part of Canada here, we've had pretty cool nights. Actually, now uh-huh. it's starting to warm up, but it's kind of late in the summer. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our warm-loving crops – you've probably seen like the picture of those, the baby watermelons I'm growing vertically. Yep. Uh, and this is just like, it just started taking off really like 10 days ago or so. Otherwise, these vines would be like three times that size by now. But because we have these cold, cold nights, which keeps kind of a, 
uh, slowing them down, if you will. Yep. Uh, it's been a while for all these heat-loving crops to take off, so all the tomatoes and things like that and peppers. But except for that, I mean, it's normal. You know, no one around here has had them, you know, yeah. uh, really early this year. So unless you're growing them in like a polytunnel or something like that. Sure. So, uh, But that's it. Other than that, it's really another benefit of the gutter system as well. It solves a lot of the problems that nature can throw at you, such as excessive rain, for example. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, this pro mix is beautiful in the sense that, or the cocoa fiber, mm. they're beautiful in the sense that they just freely drain. So you can, unless you're actually digging because there's so much pressure in your jet of water. But other than that, if you're rain, if you're watering or wetting it like rain does, it just keeps flowing right through. So it just kind of rains right away, you know. So when the farmers here two years back had their fields flooded by rain for so long, we had already a crop out. And they were like, where did you get this stuff? I was like, ah, you know what? This is this is the way we grow it, man. We just, it's not in the ground, so it drained freely. Uh, in the spring, it also uh, thaws up faster, so we start earlier uh, and all kinds of things like that. So that kind of helps us out, but that's it. Yeah, this year, it's uh, it gives us more control, but some things like weather are, are sort of out of your control, so you kind of cross your fingers. And- yeah. Oh, yeah, we had some huge storms that rolled right through, and anything that wasn't trellis, like pepper plants that didn't have a stake or a trellis there, they were like blown over and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, got it. You know, you can control some things. You can control the risk level that Mm -hmm. something's going to happen by introducing what I call contingencies. For example, like this rain gutter system is what I call a contingency. But at the end of the day, you know, if nature goes goes wild on you and decides to destroy it all, it's you could just sit back and watch. Perfect. Perfect. Awesome, man. Okay, now we've. We're, we've been going for a while. Now let's talk about the next phase because we've talked about where you were, where you are, and now let's talk about where you're going. I mean, you've got you launched a Kickstarter. I want to find out what do you do? What is your plan, and how can we help you? So it's yours. Go ahead. What's your vision, man? All right. The vision goes the following. Okay, like I've told you before, I have some sort of a master plan. It's actually quite precise, but it goes through some steps which are quite complicated. Like the, uh, but thank God, you know what? We've gone through the most complicated one. So now we're just oh, much faster in the next few years. Watch it. But uh, now we wanted to get to have this knowledge and this expertise, which is unique, before we expanded anything, because we needed to be sure what we were doing, because no one else is doing it. Now that we are. My plan is that, you know that with season extension, without even going in the greenhouse side of things, you can actually produce in an area like here in most of the U.S., probably eight or nine months out of the year, you can have crops in. So uh, what we want to do is basically install a large farm. That's the model, okay? I'm not necessarily talking about here, but this is something that is reproductible everywhere. Take the map, take all these large cities you have, and put a point about an hour away from that city, you're going to find land which is affordable and farms which are closing down and selling for peanuts. So what you do is you install a farm there using my methods and my model, and every morning I have plans for trucking in uh, everything that we grow pretty much to the city directly in the morning. So we harvest it at 4 a.m., we start, truck it in at 8, uh, and have our own stores as well. Uh, and that's it, offloaded there, and it's fresh from the fields, from that morning, seed to retail, fully traceable, at prices you can never find anywhere else. Hmm. So that is the plan, my friend. Eventually, uh, the reason why I said we're not going on the side of the greenhouse side of things is because as as you start something so ambitious, uh, even that if you have a money, yeah. <laughs> any level of cash is never enough. Yes. This is, like, you know what I mean? This is pretty big. It's bigger than me. So uh, what you want to do is put your money where it matters. 
So where it matters is putting these frames outside in these systems that I have now with the upgraded gutters and all that, the improvements, but not using the greenhouses for the first year or two or three. While, one, we figure out in a, on a smaller scale how to make it all work in a greenhouse setting. I mean, it's pretty straightforward, but you still got to do the testing. You yeah. cannot launch anything commercial unless you're suicidal, right? So especially in something so difficult or risky as this or, or ambitious. So what we're going to do is just run the farm for to one year, maybe two or three and at the first expansion, we're then we're going to start growing some stuff indoors. Eventually, we'll reach the, the point where we uh, we can grow quite a large variety, enough that you'll find it interesting to shop at our stores. Hmm. Uh, uh, and, of course, price is always king. We're running trials indoors already. We've been doing so for years, using artificial grow lights, yep. uh, high-pressure sodiums. We've been using metal halides. We've tested with, uh, with uh, lead lighting as well. Uh, different kinds of prototypes, other systems that nobody has seen before yet. Uh, so we test, test, test like this, and we are improving all the time, and I can tell you confidently that we will find that solution. Hmm. It's a matter of persisting, but we are on our way to finding it. So eventually, that's it. We have a plan where we're going to have our own pretty much grocery stores uh, where food that is, I'm not going to say organic, but that is chemical-free and sure. farmed. In respect of nature, the kind of food you want to uh, give to your children, basically, right. is going to be there at prices uh, equivalent to what you find for the conventional produce. So and that is ultimately the Genius Farm's mission, is to democratize access to uh, local, fresh, healthy, nutritious food that is respectful of nature, that creates jobs, that props up our uh, struggling economies, and that basically open up a new industry. It, it really is an interesting farm fork concept and um it's essentially what julie and i are planning to do is get out of the urban area go to a you know where you can actually get some land you know and not and it doesn't have to be i mean you're not looking like a hundred acres you're looking like an acre or two or something two to five or something right efficient you need to go for the big land you're just going to tie yourself up financially more force yourself to be efficient by going with a small piece of land yes but bigger than what you've got now so like uh, an acre or something like that an acre is great to start. It gives you the room to put up some of these frames. By the way, if you were to put together an acre of these systems, it would cost you a quarter of a million bucks. Oh, wow. So oh, materials, oh, yeah, my friend. Oh, yeah, at least. Well, not at least. Around there. I've done the math and all that. Uh, I don't have the oh, exact yeah, number, know. but it's a <laughs> Yeah, because you know what? All that promix you're going to put in, it's $27 a bale. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah, yeah it goes, you're going to need hundreds of bales. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah. And the uh, wood. But you're going to need just the wood. It's multiple thousands of dollars. You haven't even paid someone to assemble it. I'm a pretty much, you know, a jack of all trades and I have friends who are good in carpentry and, you know, so part of my plan, if you've noticed on the, um, the whole GoFundMe campaign, I've kind of detailed out the costs and there's no cost for labor because I'm not going to sleep for an entire year putting this stuff together. That's pretty much how it's going to roll. I can't oh, yeah, yeah. That. <laughs> I wish it would materialize on its own, but what you see back here, I built it. And I, you know, it wasn't a struggle or anything, but you know, it's physical work. So. It is, and, and uh, you, you did it over time. And you're, you know, if you're going to be launching something like this, you have to have. I did it like in three days. Oh, all of that. Uh, oh yeah, we were launching that vertical farm, and we had to get it done. And I had this partner with me who was like breathing down my neck, and it was like stress, stress, stress. So in three days, we just assembled everything. Uh, it can be done quickly. Look, if you were to do that, you know, on a large scale, give me a buzz and I'll tell you how to be efficient at getting it done quickly. Mm-hmm. Like on a chain in a production chain type system. So because the, 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 um, 
the parts that compose it are actually quite simple, really. There's not that many parts, and if you notice. Yep. So uh, that's it. So there's that. There's the wood. There's the rain gutters. Now, the ones I have here are $7 a piece here in Canada. My price is like calculated by Canadian pricing, by the way. But the ones I'm going to are double the cost. They're 15 bucks Now, maybe in the U.S., if you're telling me the ones uh, I have here are $4 as opposed to 7 here, maybe you guys can find them for 10 uh, Maybe if I go directly to the manufacturer who makes them, he can cut me, uh, cut me a better deal as well. So, uh, but yeah, it's very, very capital intensive. Uh, but the thing is, the flip side to that is you're going to make your own look. Maybe you wouldn't if you don't have the level of experience that I have. But let's say you open a farm like that, and I'm not trying to sell you my consultancy services at all. But if you were to open a farm like this and you hire me as a consultant, you will make your entire money back and then some, mm. some and one. And then after that, you know what, my friend, you own the system. Yeah. So if you. Work it with your wife and do that whole thing with your wife. You can go if you were to make strawberries uh, at the yields that I get. They're not theoretical yields. They are the yields I actually physically make. You can make close to a million dollars at retail prices in strawberries on one acre. So that's the kind of business we're talking about. That's the kind of revolutionary. That's a game changer right there. Yeah, totally, man. And these are the figures that when people hear that, and I can break down the mathematics for you you know piece by piece if you want it's we can definitely make that that kind of uh and i'm saying a million dollars i'm not really emphasizing on the money part no. of it but i'm saying you know what it's just a lot of strawberries it's you know you can supply a lot of people with that mm-hmm. so but more importantly you know what it does for you as the farmer it it moves you from the category of someone who has a business which is really a job with a lot of debt to being in the position where you can actually expand right and get a surplus out of it and then turn it into a serious business. And you know what, my friend, you're not poisoning anyone. You're doing only good. You're providing food to people at prices that they can afford. So they love you for that. You're providing well-paid jobs because you can afford to pay decent salaries as well. And it's just really the kind of thing I think we need more of in our economy where we can use our, our number one asset, which is our intelligence and turn that instead of more money or more fuel or more poison, and, I mean, it didn't work the first time around, right? Let's explore other areas. And I think this is why the system is going to pretty much, you know, take over at some point. Uh, the nuclear weapon of capitalism is price. Yes. So for an equal... That's an interesting point. That's product. a really good point, yeah. So for an equal quality product, for example, you buy, I don't know, you buy one of those, you buy an iMac. Yep. Uh, you know, a laptop from Apple. What if I can do the same? I can't because it's a brand and all that. But let's say it was just forget the Apple on. There's no brand. It's just a great piece of hardware. And I can come up with the exact same one. You know, the example we talked about with the Volkswagen before mm-hmm. Mercedes. This is, you know, you can hate me and say, I hate this guy. And then you're going to look at your bill at the grocery store. And you're going to look at your bill from Ingenious Farms. And you're going to say, but I'm still going to go there anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the guy adds more value. And this is what we base it all on. This is why these conventional farmers cannot compete with us. So, And this is why also I put it out for free because I don't want to create any uh, – I want other urban farmers who have had the heart to go out there and get themselves wet to actually have the chance to you know, get a shot at this. Right. Instead of saying, I'm going to hog the information and not give it to anyone, I'm going to crush the competition and you know, hog the market and not, not let anybody else make a living. So I don't want to do that. There's no point. This is how we got in the trouble we're in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's it. So it can be a huge party, and we can all be in it. Yeah, well, and it's, um, you know, I, you talk to different, or 
listen to different people. They talk about abundance mindset versus scarcity mindset. This is definitely an abundance mindset to oh, share absolutely. ideas and, and maybe somebody can improve it, tweak it just a little bit and really make, I mean, even go more gangbusters. You just never know, but, uh, this of is course. a impressive system for sure. Well, I'm, I'm happy actually. I mean, I'm getting, getting that kind of reaction from the public in general as well. And that guys like you have actually put it together because you know, when you are, how can I say this? When you sit there and you realize that what you're doing may have a shot at being a game changer. I mean, staying humble and all that, you know, yeah. it may be nothing at the end of the day, but it has that, you know, I could perceive that becoming something. And then you start questioning yourself. The questions go a little deeper. Like, if somebody else were to do that in their home, would they get this, these results as well? Mm-hmm. I get lucky. Is that You know what I mean? Like you start getting these crazy questions in your okay. mind. And you figure, you know what? it's got to be tested out elsewhere. We've got to put this out there. we got to, you know, we got to share the joy and the excitement with others, see what they think. I mean, is right. it realistic? Or uh, from my perspective, I think I'm a pretty lucid and logical person, but you never know, you know, like, and <laughs> people, some people will tell me, yo, that's genius, man. And a lot of people tell me you're completely nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <Even more. laughs> well, everybody takes a look at it back in my backyard and they're like, what? What in the hell? Because I've got about a hundred some basil plants going, and I wish I would have planted some diversity in there. But I'm going to get there with this fall and have oh, all kinds of lettuces going and stuff. But you know, it was a great first experiment, and I've got some ideas to try it indoors too, just to experiment around a little bit with it. I've got some grow lights and everything that's just they're just sitting there idle right now, and I gotta I want to do some greens and just to play with it inside, you know, and figure out something. So, right, uh, you know, figure out how to test it inside like you guys are doing too i think oh yeah yeah and it definitely works i mean look i posted this picture today on instagram where it's uh it's a it's a much more commercial system uh this is actually not my system but this is a company i actually uh, they're out in dubai i used to live in dubai actually okay. and these guys it's contacts that i have there and they're they're trying to figure out a system for the desert like area so they like sure. what i was doing uh so i kind of consulted and advised on the angles the orientations how wide should your frames be what should you use what's the proper system and all that so uh, and these guys are doing it really. They're doing it. They insist on doing it hydroponically, and it's their mistake. I've been telling them from the oh. beginning. But that's their thing. At that point, you know, it's not my business. I'm simply a consultant. I provide ideas free of charge because I don't know because I'm a generous mind. I want to help you succeed. Or, but at the end of the day, everybody does what they want. Right. So uh, they're insisting on hydroponics, but they're already doing it. I mean, in the greenhouse setting, it works amazing. Uh, it's even easier to control because there's just no bugs in the greenhouses. Pretty oh, yeah. much, you know, oh, easily yeah. deal with the predators and all that. So. Uh, I'm, so I'm looking it. at that picture right now. With the most uh, difficult, you know, difficult way of exploiting the system, if you will, we figured if we can actually master this, then we can master anything. So I kind of was skating on thin ice for a while, and it just so happened those gutters were cheaper. So, you know, it kind of helped my – the budget was limited at the time. So Hey, like we said, use the resources, right? And that is a pretty <laughs> impressive system. I'm looking at that picture right now. It's It's amazing. That's amazing. Thanks, thanks. Well, we're going to have – you know what? These guys, I gave them – uh, as much as they were willing to listen to, but you know what, the part they didn't listen to, I'm going to keep it for, uh, I'm going to post it up on Instagram and probably make classes on Udemy because I have a lot of innovations, by the way, which are not being posted up right now. We're kind of still working on them. Oh, yeah. Well, you got to keep not as dramatic as the, you know, it's not like a complete redesign of the system or anything like that, but it's major tweaks that when you put them together, we can double, um, production, if not bring it up by two and a half or three times. Uh, example, those larger gutters which hold more medium are going to hold the nutrient curve much more. Oh, yeah. uh, so with less fluctuations, the yep. moisture as well, uh, that's going to be a dramatic increase because I've really maxed out the potential of these guys, for example, in the uh, the strawberry patch that I have or the strawberry fence. 
so that's it. We're going to go there. We're going to keep sharing that. And, you know, you guys help me out. I help out more people and uh, they can help out other people in turn. And the less dependent we are uh, on others and the more we recognize the value of good food and, and the better it's going to be for everyone. Right. So um, the, the question I have is now, are you thinking about having a classes or an academy mm-hmm. as well next year? OK, what what is that? We're going to be building a farm, okay? Now, re, um, regardless of the financing we're trying to get on GoFundMe, sure. I've secured a deal while well, I'm in the process of, which is it's almost done. It's a matter of uh, probably a week or two uh, with an investor, which is basically going to procure the property. Uh, and so we will have a place uh, next year. Now, by doing that, we need to build a new farm anyway. So I figured, you know what? I might as well put my five years of experience, package that, and... Uh, Take advantage of the opportunity that we're building from scratch to make classes that in, nice. that include all new improvements. Nice. So you guys can get up to speed to like, you know, because I, I keep learning like crazy every year, even myself. I mean, oh, yeah, it looks impressive like that. The only thing I can really see is what could be better. So I look at it, I'm like, ah, oh, it's starting to look like something. And my girlfriend's like, come on, man, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so I'm dissatisfied, but I'm happy in a way. You know, I'm, it's the first time I have some level of satisfaction with it, I could say. And uh, so that's it. In my mind, there's going to be five times more strawberries hanging from that next year. Oh, wow. uh, so we're going to be uh, uh, classes. I'm actually in the process of shooting the uh, videos for the one I'm coming out with. Uh, I'm launching next week. Which is uh, which is going to be on growing strawberries. That's it because uh, you know kids like strawberries, parents like them. Oh yeah. Uh, I don't want your kid poison. So grow your own, and I'm going to show you how to grow a lot of them. Uh, but that's it. But next year, as soon as we uh, we start, you know, our setups, then I'm going to have a camera crew on site, and they're going to film. We're going to make these crazy episodes, and I'm going to show you guys things that you know, like this is nothing. Look at what you're I'm posting right now, and I promise you that this is halfway impressive <laughs> i promise that oh yeah i'm obsessed with making this work like no one could believe it could work so because i know it can i see the potential i see the improvements all the time i see you know little tweaks i make uh and that's it now we're gonna have that limitation of space gone while in a way and we're gonna have limitation of uh, budget gone as well in a way so we're gonna be able to start with even ourselves, we're going to capitalize on all these improvements at the same time. And now I'm going to have that real first serious scaled up version of Ingenious Farms, which can be reproduced everywhere and has mature uh, mature information and mature techniques, uh, which we've tried out ourselves and developed ourselves. So that is basically step one. Wow. Uh, and after that, that, since we have the power to make close to um, you know quite a bit of money there, we're going to expand. We're going to keep making videos as well. So that anyone who wants to open a, you know what, I'm going to make you my competitor for super cheap. That's pretty much what I'm doing. That is what I'm doing pretty much. My friends are, you know, my, my entourage actually is, uh, just to give you, uh, put things into context, my best friend, the guy I grew up with, sure. uh, is number two, or actually no, I think he just became number one of AIG insurance in oh, Asia. Wow. And the guy four years old. So the, my entourage is actually guys that are pretty sharp, you know, in terms of business. And they keep telling me, you're giving this away for free, dude. What are you doing? And and I keep telling them, man, even if I wanted to, there's no way in the world I could ever exploit this kind of thing. I could have 10 lives the length of the one I'm going to have now. It's not going to be over, one. And two, it's the mentality that is that is that that we need to get rid of. Yeah. So stop fearing others. Stop fearing that the guy next door is out there to get your meal. How about you go with him and you guys get two and a half meals together? Yes. Do you know what I mean? I this totally is a do. key I, thing. Absolutely. That is key. Yes, I totally agree with that. What does it bring? It brings more fear. 
we're human beings. We've not conquered this planet, but we've done some pretty impressive things. I think oh, you yeah, agree yes. with me. Yep. Okay, so we're able to do more. So who said that I, you know, I need to starve and just roll into a ball in the corner and start crying and say, you know what, I can't do anything about this. Might as well let ourselves die then. Yeah. So uh, no, I, you know when you said about that mentality of abundance or scarcity, mm-hmm. I think it is whatever you choose it is. Right. That's what I think. So when you say, when you refuse to allow the option of failure to realize or materialize itself, then you're cornered. You have to make it work. And this is the way I see things. So this is why, you know, I want to spread it out there. I want people to do it. I want people to call me and say, Khaled, you know what? I lost my job this year, but it saved my house. I did your thing there. I bought your videos or whatever. If you can't even, you know what? If you're anybody who's listening, if you're ever in a jam and you cannot afford them, send me an email and I'm a nice guy. I'm not going to charge you for them. Mm-hmm. Be reasonable, of course. But if you're really in trouble, I'm going to be happy to help. And if you send me an email saying, Khaled, you know what? Your methods allowed me to uh, you know, save my house or feed my family or my kids have good food and I'm happy with that and they're growing well, I'll be, you know what? I'm probably going to shed a tear. Mm. So really, I'm emotional like that about these things. And this is the ultimate objective. The money that comes with it or whatever, it's just a bonus. Uh, but that's it. So I don't want you to wait after me to come with Ingenious Farms and open a store in your city because I'm realistic about that. Also, it could take 10 years or 15 years. Right. But instead, I'm going to give you the techniques. And if you want to open your own thing, go for it. Right. Go for it. It's uh, your, your town is probably in need of jobs like anywhere else. And your, your local uh, you know, citizens in your city are probably in need of local food which is of good quality and affordable. So it's where we're going. The it green is. economy, it's, I think. Really inspirational. I mean, my God, there's just, there's so much. Um, I listeners are going to think I'm crazy. No, no, not at all. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here going, okay, how can we get, how can we help you do this? How can we, um, how can we get involved? You know, I think it's, um, this is really, um, it's earth changing. It's, it's life changing stuff, you know, and, and it's, it it's kind of funny. You're doing that. Um, I'm doing my thing. Drew's doing his thing. Scott's. I mean, we're all kind of doing the same thing, just a little yeah. different approaches to it, you know. And we're always we're all trying to do. We've all on are on the same page, you know. Totally. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, I think the circumstances create the behavior. Yeah. So when we all we are all facing the same limitations, or you know, the same, you know, if you look at things from a conventional perspective. The future looks pretty dark. You know what I mean? Mm. Like there are people who just say this is what it is and it's disgusting and that, you know, they're negative. And there's people like me and you and these other urban farmers who are saying, well, you know what? It is what it is, man. It may not be the prettiest thing ever, but it's still what it is. You got to deal with reality in life. So, yeah, when the circumstances are like that, you have people who have this kind of without consulting each other will have this sort of behavior that, you know, that kind of uh, uh, goes in the same direction, if you will. Absolutely. So how can we help you? What can we do? Uh, what can you do? You you know what? The reason why I'm launching also the School of Agriculture is because I want people to be able to get something for their money as well. So I figured, you know what? If you pay $25 for one of these classes, by the way, I'm offering the first 500 uh, I have three bundles or four bundles, I believe, on those reward tiers actually on my GoFundMe campaign. If you go check, uh, the link is in my bio on Instagram. 
but that's it. So now we've decided to uh, make these uh, classes into packages. So anybody who wants to produce enough for uh, to, su- to uh, supply themselves or for their family or who want to start a small farm, uh, you'll be able to do that pretty cheap. So we made packages at 50 to 60% off on the courses. Nice. Uh, so regular price, for example, for that strawberry class, there would be 50 bucks on Udemy. Uh, anybody who donates $25 to my campaign on GoFundMe is going to get a coupon to get the class for free. Wow. So in, in essence, it's pretty much 25 bucks. Uh, and you know what? If you learn that, it's going to be the best value you can have ever because you're going to know how to grow thousands of bucks of strawberries for pretty much no labor every year. Uh, and that's it. So pe- people, by doing that, they're contributing to our campaign. We're delivering value back to them at the same time. Uh, which translates into, you know, real money they're not going to spend at the grocery store or whatever. Uh, and they're going to make that money 10 times over in the first season, if not a hundred times. Well, and that's it. Yeah. And you start your own business. You know, you don't worry about the boss coming in someday and saying, you know what? Sorry. Thanks for your service. Pack your box. And get out of here. You know, well. you, you're, your only limit is yourself, you know, and. You get oh yeah, and as much as you're willing to do, and, yep. and your level of motivation, and uh, and I think it's it's you know there's very few conventional businesses nowadays that offer this kind of a that come from this kind of mindset because it's a new mindset. So I think most of them don't know how to adapt in this new kind of you know society. It's kind of emerging, so they'll never give you what you expect or your chance to do something or or to change things. They want the status quo. You know, the older people who are there just want they don't want you to make any waves. And they just want you to take your little paycheck and go home and not yeah. go after the positions. Or you know what I mean? Like it's kind of this this kind of you know, stale economic environment which is just no, the opportunity really is in uh in doing your own thing. Tom, I'm gonna hit you right back from the iPad because my telephone's telling me that the battery is like at three percent. Oh, something. okay, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Okay. Back. All right. In like two seconds. All right. Okay, bye. That is uh that's an impressive operation. That's an impressive. That's a that's an impressive goal you've got going on. <laughs> that's a, it's an thanks, impressive thanks. vision, you know. Really cool. But you have to. I mean, you know what? Like we said before, it's like this spiral or um, this spiral of you know what? You you look at them and you ask them like, how does this end? How do we fix this? Yeah. And like this blank silence, this blank in the room, and everyone's like, you know, this awkward silence. And well, that's you know, business as usual. No. We cannot do that any longer. There's a point where it's too much, and that point is now. So, yeah, I figured, you know what? Someone's going to have to do it. Uh, I might as well get on it right away, and maybe I'm going to crash miserably, or maybe I'm going to find something. But either way, we have to try. I have to at least be able to confirm that what they're saying, that it's not that easy, is actually right. Uh, And you know what? Here we are today. So, yeah, now that I know this, that genie is not going back in the bottle. Yeah, it's it's pretty special. I mean, you look when you're not ready to hear all this, and it kind of uh, you know seemed at first it was like this cute urban farm or whatever. And uh, I mean, look, in order to take on this industry, uh, you're gonna have to be how can I say this bold, because it's pretty it's a pretty aggressive industry in terms of you know it's established. It's people who dominate have dominant positions in terms of the market. They don't like that small guys like me are coming through uh the second nice it starts working out and you know there's visibility you can rest assured that uh you know it's gonna be we're gonna get in that ring so oh yeah definitely i'm expecting it so but that's what it is it's part of you know i have that i can do this so i figured you know what that's a job for me is there anything else that you you wanted to share with the audience or 
look, share the idea with friends. I mean, tell everyone you know. Uh, if you've understood what we're doing and how uh, ambitious we are, then spread the word. That's it. At this point, I mean, you know what? I've done a, a pretty good part of the heavy lifting. Uh, at that point, what I have is support from the public, uh, either in terms of financial support for those who can afford it, uh, or if you want to do, like we said, you know, this urban gardening thing and you want to improve your, your output and, you know, to get a more, you know, more productive garden overall, more enjoyable as well. Uh, and that's it. I'm confident anyway that people are going to pick up on these courses uh, and we're going to reach our, but I'll tell you one thing that we're going to reach our objective. There's no doubt about that because uh, we never give up until we do. So we're that kind of people. Oh yeah. So, well, you're oh, def- oh yeah. Definitely motivated. And you've got a good, um, you're going to, you're going in the right direction. I mean, there is some really cool stuff in the future for you. I can see it. And uh, you know, oh, I am going to try to push this with my audience. Cause I, you know, I've got people that, um, mm-hmm. are tuning in and they and i i would like to think they they would be on board with this there's a lot of people that uh that are discovering what we have found just doing what we're doing absolutely that you can grow stuff and you can be happy and you can relieve stress and you know there's there's a way to do this and there's a way maybe to make some money at it and maybe yeah oh yeah a different path you know oh yeah definitely and you know what if you're scared just watch what i'm doing if someone's going to crash i'll be first so <laughs> really I will. I mean it's the story of my life, Tom. I'm just like everyone is scared to death. And I'm like, you know what? I may be scared. I'm not I may not be scared. I'm not just just not going to think about it while I'm like falling out of the airplane, you know? And I figure I'll I'll work it out on the way down. So it sort of became my trademark, even amongst my friends or they're like, you know what? No one wants to try. Let's call Khaled. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh, that's it. You guys watch it if you want. It's gonna be a great adventure. Uh, at the end of the day, I will keep pushing this until my wheels fall off, and I will change this food system. So anyone who's listening, I think you can hear the determination in my voice. We are 30%, uh, you know, completed in terms of pa- the path we've chosen. The, the, the heart of the 70% is coming, but we've, you know what, we've hardened and toughened up for that. So just follow, support, share it. If you can give a financial donation, we're going to be uh, taking these up until January. Or so, so there's no rush. It's not like a Kickstarter campaign. We're going to keep coming out with these classes, and as people are ready, they can start ordering them. And just like Instagram and Facebook and YouTube, we're going to grow that organically as well, and I'm confident people are going to come on board with us, Tom. Yeah, absolutely. And and so where can we find the, the GoFundMe page? Where can we find you on the net? So the GoFundMe page is actually if you go to my uh, Instagram profile okay. under the Plant Charmer, it's the link under my biography. So you're going to find it there. Uh, and that's it. You can just click there. It takes you straight to the campaign. It explains pretty much what we do, uh, what the money will be used for, and so on. So you can just give that donation right away. These guys uh, will give me an, a list of emails, actually, of the people who donate. I have a list being sent to me. So they do that automatically. So I'm going to know, actually, who did this. So uh, these people, as soon as the class comes out and you've chosen you want the, I don't know, the strawberries, it's going to be that next week, but whatever you pick, I'm going to send you coupons automatically to all people who are, because I'm not really going on Udemy to make a killing, by the way. It's not really my objective. It's just the best way to uh, disperse these courses. Yes, I have some fees to cover, but I'm really, really, it's not a problem for me to give a lot of free coupons to people who are, or to give rebates to people who are interested and getting awareness and getting people on board is more important than selling at this point for me. Awesome. Cool. And so Instagram, you are huge on Instagram. Uh, oh, it's, it's getting there. It's getting, it's, it's big. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting there. I mean, what are you at? 25,000 or something now? No, 28,000. 
past 28,000 or oh so. Oh, my God. But I also have a group on Facebook as well. So altogether, I'm probably at like 35K like social media following. That's great, man. That's really Yeah, great. it's cool. That's cool. I think it reflects the interest that people have, and I'm quite happy that they enjoy the content. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I did that one vertical gardening um, post, and it was it lit up Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think a bunch of your followers just came over and was like, ding, 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 ding. It was cool. Oh, yeah, so. people are like, well, you know, it's like very few people do it, right? And then you, you see people who always show you their results or their harvest pictures, but nobody shows you how they get there. Right. So people figure it's too boring for Instagram, and you're going to have to write a long caption. But you know what? I'll tell you something. If you have two minutes to talk about Instagram, people yeah. like a picture, but they're going to love, love, love and go crazy and do monkey rolls over that same picture if you put a good caption with it that puts it into context. That is true. So make it interesting. Make me look at that picture from an angle I had not thought of at first. Uh, and then at that point, uh, people are going to like it. If you put quality content up, I mean, people say, you know, just keep persisting and it'll come. It'll come at some point. That's not true. If you put quality content up and you do your work to spread it out, yes, it's going to, you know, the cake is going to take at some point. But uh, but that's it. Yeah. So the, the, the engagement is huge. Uh, sharing is huge. I mean, in terms of, you know, a lot of people put a picture there and they just kind of, you know, they go to the beach. Yeah. So after putting the picture up, right, then they figure, yeah, I did my job. I'm going to chill all day. But really, when you're putting there that thing there and somebody takes the time to write a comment, well, I, if you've noticed, I answer every single comment. I have noticed that, so, yes. I do that because you know what? It's a sign of respect. Uh, I think if you took the time, I'm not any more important than you are. And then anybody else, regardless of how many followers I have, I think this mentality of I'm better than everybody else is what got us in trouble in the first place. So I'm never going to show that to to behave like this. But uh, that's it. I think it just shows uh, respect. And when people show interest, then why did you put it in the first place if you knew they'd ask questions, but you wouldn't be willing to answer? It kind of comes with it. You know, yep, it's like it's yep. really, really hot. And I give you a sip of a, a really cool, refreshing lemonade. And I'm like, I can't have any. So it's like it's not fun. So that's it. The reason why we do that is so that people are interested and they keep coming back for that. They ask questions. Uh, now I'm doing the classes because I want it to be more thorough and detailed. I want you to have a guide you can refer to, put bookmarks, download the lessons. Uh, I'm going to give all the tricks that I'm not necessarily talking about there. But at least, you know, if you have just a small problem and you're a gardener already, you go there and you ask me that question. If I, you know, I find it maybe an hour later, 30 minutes, I answer it. Uh, I'm not saying if one day I reach half a million followers, I'm going to keep doing this. You have to be realistic as well because uh, we have to be realistic because the real work I'm doing is the research. Right. So this is like showing it. So that cannot take over the real work. But as long as I can physically do it, I will keep doing it. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Awesome. So, so look, answer people. Oh, go ahead. What? Keep was going. that sorry? No, go ahead. Um, I was just curious. What are your thoughts on the um, oh the um, the changes to Instagram? I mean, you've got a pretty decent following there, and now we can. Throw you mean the algorithm? The stories and the video and all that. Deal. Uh, okay, the stories. It's pretty clear, one. It's a Snapchat, you know, copy. Yep. Uh, I think that's quite obvious. The day I saw it, I was like, oh, Snapgram. Yep. So uh, I think that's that. And not, you know what? I haven't caught on to the whole phenomenon of Snapchat because I don't really, I can see a certain value to it. Yeah. But I think at this yeah. point, I cannot spread, it's not for me because I cannot spread myself too thin. I'm on Instagram, YouTube in a, to a certain extent. I'm doing Udemy. And you know what? It's pretty hectic. So I figure, I don't think it adds more value to the people who follow me really at this point. Uh, but the uh, they've come out with video, which I think is okay. 
because you know sometimes as you've seen i've posted some videos and while people could still go on youtube if they really want to see videos uh but i think the biggest change they've made is the algorithm change they've come up with in the last uh i don't know like they were rolling it out gradually i believe uh and i think what that's changed is it's going to force people to produce quality content over quantity mm -hmm. uh so instagram because of that algorithm change becomes a qualitative uh medium instead of a quantitative one like it was before so you cannot just post back to back to back to back to get more reach it doesn't work that way so uh, and i've noticed it in my in my posts by the way very much so because uh instagram will actually favor pages that have great engagement yes and if you stop for example for my page if i stop posting for a day i just decide i'm going to the beach forget this today i'm not i don't feel like it well the day after that when i post it takes longer for people to start liking my pictures which uh -huh. tells me it takes longer i know it i've seen it i've observed it for months uh and it also uh i never make it into if you notice under the gardening hashtag there's about like four million posts and recently i've been making it pretty much every day and on the top nine posts oh wow well if if i don't post one day guaranteed i'm not getting on that page for three oh, days man. I see. it's like insta punishment so <laughs> you know what i mean i figure is it the algorithm or there's some dude sitting behind that desk who's like uh uh Khaled, you didn't come on instagram now we're going to show you that you want to come spend time on instagram <laughs> so, because at the end of the day that's what they want right they want to make you spend more time on their platform absolutely uh, but the algorithm, what it does also is it filters content because as you follow more and more people, there is more and more content you're not interested in, which shows up in your feed. So you get fed up. You don't go anymore at some point because the feed is garbage yep. and so on. So it prioritizes. So in a way, it's not a bad thing. And as a network, a social network grows, this is inevitable. Mm -hmm. So unless because look at the, all these people who spam you all day long, these get a million followers for free and oh, yeah. uh, uh, pretty ladies. Uh, anyway, this is PG rated, so I'm not going to say it, but right, right. you know what I mean? Like all day long, you get this. And at a point, of course, you get fed up. So you figure if Snapchat doesn't have that, I'm going to migrate there. So they have to sort of take measures for that. So I think it's uh, it's going to make you shine if you put quality content. I can tell you that much. Very good. I agree. I totally agree with that. So awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the Small Scale Life Podcast. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. It's been quite interesting, actually. Oh, yeah. I've learned a ton. And I, um, you know, like I said, we are going to try to help you um, with this GoFundMe. I will uh, have an article awesome. and post on it. And uh, I'm looking forward to you know helping you out in whatever way we can, and I'm excited for the project. I think it's a I think it's great. Awesome! Thank you so much for having me on the show, Tom. Like I said, keep up your good efforts. Uh, hard work always pays. We are at a turning point in our societies, in our economy, and it's time for people like me and you to step up, and everybody else who's listening as well. The job, the task at hand. I'm not talking farming. I'm talking everything, rebuilding our society. In a, in a way that considers everyone, there's, it's such a large task that we can all get involved. So find something in your community, help out. If you're not donating to my campaign, it's okay. You can help out the elderly lady across the street. You can smile to a stranger. You can share something with someone. You can sacrifice something that's yours in order to give it to someone in need. And all of these things connects us closer to what we are as, as human beings. Perfect. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much, Tom. Thank you.